What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Raptors 2K Podcast brought to you by our fine friends at Uber Eats. This is episode number eight. We are, of course, back at it again. And uh, Shane, I don't know about you, man, but it feels like, as you were pointing out before we even started, we've been at it for like a year getting our episodes out, man. How you feeling? We're episode eight now. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, I feel like we should be uh, double that at this point in time, but uh, <laughs> it's been tough. Me and you were both kind of flying around. Last time I saw you was, uh, what city was that even in? Were we in Dallas? What city were we in? We were uh, in Arlington, actually. Arlington. Yeah, Arlington, where the Arlington Esports Arena is uh, for DreamCon. That was, a, that was a cool little run-in. I was hanging out in a booth, and I just saw my man Phil uh, ripping by, and we got <laughs> to stop and have a good quick chat. That was a great event, man. I don't know about you, but like I've been to a lot of industry events, and um, you know, obviously, I think it helps that RDC is so heavily involved in it. But I've never seen yep. an event where it's kind of like you know, it's like a medium scale event. I would say definitely thousands of people, but not like the scale of like a PAX or like a BlizzCon or anything like that. And like just like a really high concentration of influencers. Like if you're into kind of like that, you know, side of the internet, if you're into like the AMP RDC, uh, you know, kind of content live stream you know community uh I, th I don't think there's a better place you could go as a fan to like just get like full access to to influencers and celebrities it was pretty cool yeah i would agree um it, it's because you know DreamCon's in one of those interesting spots where it's not as big as like a, a TwitchCon or 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 a pax like you mentioned but it's not like some small little local thing right like it's obviously got some buzz behind it. it's got some great influencers powering it and it still, you know, it maintains that like natural, legit feel. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's just kind of roped off. You can meet your favorite creators, plenty of activities to do and, and just have a good time. So I, I'm a big fan of DreamCon. I hope they only continue to to get bigger and better and just keep that, you know, that wholesomeness to it as well. Because I really enjoyed that event. It was my first one, but it definitely won't be my last. Yeah, likewise. I, I honestly, uh, I'll admit, you know, prior to working with AMP this year, I had never heard of DreamCon, and uh, yeah. I had a blast myself. And yeah, I was just kind of walking around looking at all like the photo opportunities people were having, and I thought, man, if if you know, if I were a young fan, this is exactly the event I would want to be at. So, no free ads, but uh, for anyone out there listening, if you're into you know AMP, RDC, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, definitely you know Rage, uh, you know Gideon, you know Bruce, all of them were there. Uh, definitely a great event to check out. I highly recommend it. I had a great time. Yes, sir. Couldn't co-sign it any harder than that, my guy, for sure. But uh, what are we getting into today for the podcast, my man? I think we have a pretty big guest, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, my man, Sam Pham. Uh, haven't spoken with him, honestly, in a little while. I've been kind of consulting the, uh, you know, the Raptors Uprising team here and there while, uh, yep. while you know, over at AMP. But Sam and I used to work really closely together. Um, you know, we, we collaborated on uh, the first ever, like, Team Canada 2K team. Uh, so Canada Basketball had reached out to me, asked me to manage the team. And, you know, I was always a fan of Sam and what he was doing in the 2K League. He was previously the, the head coach of Bucks Gaming. And uh, so he and I got our first chance to kind of work together uh, on that uh, on that national program. And uh, when you know we kind of spotted that we needed uh, some help on the scouting and kind of coaching side of things, you know, Sam was the first name on my list, and uh, he's been working with Raptors Uprising ever since. I love to hear it, man. It's all about. I mean, for for something like this, I feel like it's always what it's always about the experience, right? And Shane, you have a good eye for talent, so this doesn't really surprise me. Hell, you recruited me, so obviously, I know <laughs> that to be the case. 
We know that to be the case, my guy. And you know one thing about me, I like a good meal. So what are we eating today, Shane? What's going on for the Uber picks? The Uber See, that's exactly why I recruited you, because I knew you would make sure that we hit those those partner deliverables. Uh, yeah. Shout out Uber Eats. I've, I've said this multiple times on the podcast, but I am a regular. Uh, I subscribe to the Uber Pass. Uh, I use it all the time. And, uh, you know, I was up north on the weekend, and I was binging uh, fudge and all kinds of delicious things that my family brought up for mm. snacks. Uh, so I'm trying to keep it light. So I think I'm going to do a chicken salad today. There's like a great uh, kind fair. of great Middle Eastern place around the corner that has awesome chicken salads. And also point out, this is the first time I'm not standing. I don't know if uh, anyone is even going to notice, but I've been like at a standing desk forever and uh, I've finally given up and I'm back to, to sitting in a chair again. I think my knees just couldn't hold up. I'm getting old, Phil. And I was getting all kinds of knee problems. And I went to the doctor and he was like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not even running because when I run, my knees are so sore, I can't do it anymore. And I feel like I'm just doing damage. And I was like, but I do stand for like eight plus hours a day. Uh, and if I'm gaming at night, even longer, because the one thing I can't shake is that I stand while I game now. I've just gotten so comfortable with my standing uh, yeah. stance that I can't go back to it. You know, like, I, I don't know if you feel this. Uh, I know you're, you're more of a controller gamer, right? Are you missing keyboard at all? Any games you play most and keyboard? Uh, I can go back and forth. It's, you know. Okay, okay, fair enough. Well, growing up, like as a Counter Strike player, I was constantly fidgeting with my armrests up and down. I could, I felt like I could never get my mouse and keyboard in that exact, you know, comfortable stance. And now that I have my standing desk kind of at a locked position, I know exactly where I want to be. I've lost all of that like fidgety kind of discomfort. So I don't think I'll ever go back to sitting when I game. But for now, throughout yeah. the workday, I'm back in a chair like a normal person. Listen, there's nothing wrong with admitting you're getting older, okay? Since we started this, what have I been doing? I've been sitting, okay? And there's a reason <laughs> for that. I'm over 30. I know my limitations, okay? And I'm comfortable with that. And I get my steps in where they count. So I'm not mad at you at all. But, I, you know, I had a little bit of a heavy uh, heavy meals as well the last couple of days because some friends were visiting. So, you know, you go out, you have a good time. So I myself, too, am going to go on the lighter side. I'm actually going to get a poke bowl from this awesome place up the street uh that i found maybe like last last week or so uh but i don't know poke to me is definitely hits the spot it's got all the protein i'm looking for some good uh assortment of toppings and it just it just hits you know that spicy mayo i don't know what they put in that but give me more of that so that's what are I'm you doing going. tuna tuna with spicy mayo I'm doing, uh, I got salmon, a scoop of salmon, a scoop of tuna, a scoop of albacore, oh, nice. and a scoop of crab meat. So Wow, 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 yeah. I'm a big spicy tuna guy myself. I don't know if it's pokey, poke, you say poke, you're in LA, you probably know better than I do, but they don't have any of that out my way. You can go downtown Toronto, I'm in the Burbs, like 30 minutes west of the city, and there's no pokey, poke, I don't again, I don't know how to say it, uh, spot around me. So I'm a little jealous of you right now, I'm not going to lie. That's tough, man. That's tough. The, the price you pay to live in a big city like that, I say that as I'm right next to LA. But the price, you know, don't worry about that. We don't have to get into the, uh, <laughs> the details of that one for sure. I'm, as always, I'm expecting your food to get here before me, but that's okay. <laughs> it's funny how it always works like that's that, right? Okay. Yeah, it's wild how that just kind of always happens. Every single time. You know, you just got it together. Every it's that LA time. traffic, I guess. You never know. I have no doubt that you're going to win again. But with that said, it's all good because you know who's going to be here before all the food, okay? Our guest is going to be joining us. So, I mean, whenever uh, he's ready to, to switch over to the three box and come join us, Sam Fam, I would love to have him. Oh, he's right there. Look at there that. I'm is, talking. Looking, and he just looking stoic up. as ever. There you go. Sam Fam, how you doing, man? Welcome Hi, guys. to the show. 
I'm good. Happy to be here. I love Uber Eats. I use it every day. <laughs> it's been like probably too much, but it's been great. All right, whoever's listening in the background, Sam hit his $50 bonus for plugging the sponsor. Mm-hmm. So make sure we get that to him uh, in his invoice next month. Oh. What's up, Sam? Good to chat with that. you again, buddy. Yeah, it's nice to see you, Shane. And also, Phil, it's been a while. Yeah, man, definitely a pleasure to have you here, man, for sure. I mean, we know, uh, obviously, know you're uh, pretty busy, so thanks for taking some time uh, to hang out with us for sure, man. How have your uh, your 2K ventures been thus far? Over the last year, it's been pretty good. So I was able to uh, finally work for the Raptors Uprising. So I'm Canadian, so that's a big deal, being able to offer a Canadian team. And then also the YouTube stuff is also, 2Ks has been really growing. And then there's more and more of a demand for, you know, more tutorials, more data, more explanations. So been doing that with 2K Lab also. So all of that combined is just, it's been, it's like a full-time career now. So it's, that's amazing to me. I, I never expected this when I first started, but now it's like a full-fledged thing and like busy all year long. So it, it's been good. I enjoy the work. Sam, you know we're, we we like to roast each other a little bit around here because I've had a lot of calls with Sam over the over the couple of years that we've been working together. It always blows my mind that as a content creator himself and a, a no cam content creator, his mic always sounds like he's uh, underwater. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Hold on, that's a little low. I, I asked Johnny. He, to, he told me it sounded okay. Hold on. <laughs> There's a yeah. There's a pal, pal, palatable difference between uh, between Phil's and and Sam's mics. But Sam, you're coming through clear enough, so we can definitely you know have a good conversation here. But what's been going on with Raptors Uprising? So you're the assistant coach of Raptors Uprising. Uh, again, you know I know the history there. Uh, again, recruited you like last off season to come in and really help us with our YouTube channel. Uh, maybe a little bit of history for for those who are kind of tuning in. Um, you know, more recently we've been you know. Leading the charge, I would say, uh, for years in the 2K League when it comes to content. Uh, But most of our content was tailored to Twitter, Instagram, etc. We really didn't know what we were doing on YouTube. And I was pretty envious of um, the Pacers because Cody and Spencer over there uh, really did an awesome job of growing like an organic YouTube channel by creating content that 2K fans wanted. So I think it was like less 2K League focused and more like build focused and, you know, more sort of general retail uh, 2k focused um, but was always envious of them and and so you know identified and, and, and in fact I'll give credit where due because a lot of people have hit me up over the years for jobs few have come in with such a tailored pitch that so perfectly hit on pain points as Sam you know I wasn't a hundred percent sure that we needed to hire anyone to do what we ultimately hired Sam to do but he hit me up he's like hey I want to have a quick call I hopped on and man it was like one of the best pitches I, I've gotten from a candidate kind of seeking a job immediately called my boss Sumit and was like, hey, I think we should bring Sam on. Uh, He's made a lot of good points and and can really add value, not only to our YouTube channel, but also in helping us, you know, scout the Pro-Am community and kind of get ready, you know, for the next draft. So I'm sure you remember that vividly, Sam, but, uh, you know, for what it's worth, you know, that was, that was really a a great job. Very well done by you. And the channel has been going good. So we went from pretty much really not nothing much on the channel to like we're monetized and we're really getting ready for 2k23 too so i still think for the league 
players need to do YouTube. That's how 2K has always been. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look at what I'm doing now with AMP, right? All those guys got started uh, in, in uh, 2K right. YouTube, or at least mo most of them got started creating 2K content on YouTube. And now he's kind of since branched off and become more of, you know, like a lifestyle collective. But but certainly, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in 2K. And, you know, I think 2K kind of had a little bit of a downturn on YouTube at the beginning of this year. But you're hearing from you that things are kind of getting going again. Um, I'm excited about that. And, uh, you know, we're certainly kicking tires on some stuff that we might do over at AMP with 2K next year as well. Yeah, new gen is going to be bigger this year because last season it's tough for 2K22 because there's old gen, new gen. That's always usually a problem every time that happens. But much more new gen now, so it's going to be a good year. Hopefully, but no crossplay. I heard season, still no crossplay. No, not yet. Not haven't they haven't talked about it. But there's going to be more new gen focus, and then but it works perfectly with the 2K league, right? Because 2K league off season is 2K launch season, so like it just flows really well. So as long as we take good advantage of that, the momentum should carry over and hopefully help the Raptors Uprising channel grow, but at the same time also help the league grow which would be big for sure. And, and maybe for those who are tuning for, in. Yeah, go ahead, Phil. You're the host. I'm stepping on your toes. No, no, I, that's fine. I just had a question for both of you. Like what, like, yeah, yeah. what is it about the general uh, conception amongst like the 2K players? How come all of them don't just have YouTube channels and just like try and blow up like that? Like, I don't get it to me. You know what I mean? Like you have such like a, a potential, like big audience right there that you could just capture for your own personal brand and obviously help your team out. Like, do you guys like know why sometimes players are just lax on that? I can probably speak closely to that because I'm a lot older than these guys, but I used to do a lot of mm -hmm. the older competitive stuff, which is like the forum, the website, the Facebook groups. I did all that. But to transition into content, the difficult part is it's, it's free things. You need editing, you need speaking skills, and you also need a little bit of graphic design skills for the thumbnails and also the videos itself. So a lot of these guys, they're so good at the game, they need to invest a lot of time playing the game. And but to start making videos, you need to acquire the skills. Where the code is, I made decision myself, but it's a lot of time investment, and there's so a lot of you know, fail and like up, up, ups and downs. But they should be able to do it, especially nowadays when the technology is a lot easier. Like when I was editing, it wasn't like this. So hope yeah. they just need a little bit more help. And that's what we're doing over at Raptors, right? Because I manage the channel themselves. And if our players want to come in, I can help them, you know, content direction, teach them some of the editing skills. It's more so they just need to acquire the skills. And it's not like they're, I know the community is always like, oh, these guys are a little bit lazy. Why don't they do all that? But at the same time, you have to, it's time investment. You need time to be top tier in the game, but then you also need to acquire the skills to make content. And to, top, to make top tier content, it's the same thing. You need more time. It's only 24 hours in a day. So, if you want to do it full time, like a professional player and a good content creator, I don't think that really Bear has been doing okay, but I would say he probably put, he has a lot of help too. So these guys need help at the same time they need to put in the time. But it's season four now and going into well season five and then season six. I would say it's good for Raptors players because the two O's are there, and I'll definitely help these guys, especially in two K twenty three, to take advantage of that setup. But it needs to be done because, like. Shane said, a lot of these really popular social media personalities now, like all of the AMP guys, they started out in 2K. There's no reason 2K League players won't be able to achieve that also because they have more resources. Like when Agent started, it was literally Agent. Like I think me and Agent started at the same time, different direction. He's also much better than I am. But he also started with very little, very little help. So the pro players, hopefully, 
we can get it together. And uh, hopefully I can lead the charge in that and I can build something, especially through the Raptors channel, and then we can set an example and uh, go from there. I've realized through this uh, that last uh, conversation that it's not that your mic's underwater. I think there's some latency issues, and you record offline, so that's probably why it sounds so clean on YouTube, because uh, we hit a couple latency moments there. But but Sam, for those who don't uh, know, why don't you walk us through your background? Because you know I know the history, and uh, you know you got a really diverse uh, and experienced background in 2K, and you know, walk us through how you got started, and then maybe your transition into the 2K league. So I think I started posting YouTube about six years ago. I'm a lot older than mm. I look. I'm 36. So I had like a whole career before all this. Wow, you're aging and gracefully. I, I just want to throw that out. Dude, there. I actually had no wow. idea. That is shocking to me, yeah. too. I had no idea. You're a year older than me. That's what? crazy. I had no clue. Yeah, wow. that's nuts. I'm dude. really old. I'm old. <laughs> like, we're, we're, all really, we're both really old by, by 2K and gamer standards. And right. Standards. In this industry, I'm like a fossil. Like yeah, I'm Duke's old. 27 and gets gets ripped on all the time for pushing 30. And uh, yeah, as a 35-year-old who's reading all the notifications, uh, it's not exactly great for the ego. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like I, said, I started, I've always been playing 2K. Like I played ever since I was like 15. But you know, I did the basic thing. I, I went to university, I had a job, I did all that. And YouTube wasn't like a big thing back then. So it wasn't going to pay the bill, so I didn't really do it. But then once I, my career was going pretty well, I kind of transitioned. I had like a little bit of time to think what I want to do next. And then I really dive into the YouTube. So I started out on the forums posting, you know, just comments, tips for fun, like for groups. It was like on operation sports. This is old school. And then uh, some of the guys started asking for, hey, Sam, can you post some clips? And then obviously I posted the clips on YouTube just to show people like how I play or what kind of strategies I use. Those videos kind of blew up, but blew up by that standard was like 3,000 views. So I was like, oh, maybe I can do this full time. So then I invested the time, I got the editing software, and then I started posting tutorials in I think 2K16. And I caught my big break because uh, back then there was a lot of wagers on my team and it was uh, the old older creators, like uh, the two hype guys. So it was like Agent, uh, not Agent, Agent AMP. Agent wasn't really in that scene. The wagering was Cash Nasty and Jesse and them. And then, I was the one that helped them with their gameplay. So I would make sure like, you know, they're being competitive, they're playing well, they're, you know, using the best strategies possible. And then because they had such a big following, I got introduced to their fan base. And then I kind of became like, oh, hey, Sam's the guy that helped these big YouTubers with their game. And then I became the guy that did the tutorials. And then eventually I also caught on with uh, 2K Labs. So they're pretty big uh, tutorial, jumper base, you know, analytics and statistics side of the game. And then it's just been going on there ever since. And then in between all that, uh, I also got caught on with the Bucks for the 2K League because I had a pretty big following on Reddit. And then a few of the 2K League teams, I think they caught me on there. It was the Sixers and the Bucks that reached out first. And then Raptors, uh, we also talked and we also reached out. And then I ended up with the Bucks simply because they asked first. So then I got caught on with the Bucks and then I did the season with them. I did the scouting, I made the videos, and then that was probably for three seasons. And then Raptors now. So that's pretty much six years. So all of that took six years. I went from posting on forum, video clips on forum six years ago to now. Well, I don't think that's a, a bad little six-year plan, to be quite honest with you. I think the biggest thing is it all came full circle and you ended up where you wanted to be working for a Canadian team. I think that I think that's just perfect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and speaking of which, Sam, have you heard anything about FIBA doing more 2K stuff? 
I don't know if I've just uh, fallen out of touch with it, but it doesn't seem like they, there's anything cooking there. They really slowed down. So they had that first one, and then they had that second one. It was going pretty good. It just quieted down, and then they weren't really looking anymore. Hopefully they bring that back. I think that was pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, well, it definitely, I mean, I think it, it you know, it's, it gives people something to root for, right? Which is great. Like I, the support that uh, like the Dominican team had, for instance, uh, was amazing when they kind of like unexpectedly did as well as they were doing. Um, I would love to see FIBA get back in. I just think that, you know, they need to grab some of the 2K League casting, commentating talent if they want to put mm. on like a, you know, a really good production uh, from my perspective. Facts. So, Sam, uh, obviously, you know, I know uh, the process we went through in the offseason, um, you know, how we kind of used our assets, the team we built, and honestly, how confident we were heading into the season with the team. And, you know, I, I don't think it would be a stretch to say that we've kind of uh, fallen short of expectations, our own internal expectations and, and probably the, the fans' expectations. And at some point in the season, you know, we decided we had to make a trade and uh, we shipped dimes out to the Bucks, who have since really turned their season around. Uh, and, and I'm happy uh, about that. I know dimes, you know, how much he has invested in 2K. And even though it didn't work out here, uh, you know, still a big fan of his uh, as a person and a player. Um, and we brought in Plondo, a guy who, who you're familiar with from when you know, from your time with the Bucks. Uh, you know, what's your kind of you know, analysis of the team, you know, where we went wrong, you know, what is working, you know, I'll just wrap by saying, you know, we have had some wins lately. So the wins were really hard to come by for most of the season, but down the stretch here, we've, we've found some wins and, you know, I know that you and, and Kev Franklin have used more 3v3 lineup combinations than any team in the league. And we have a rookie point guard in Fanta who came from stage, uh, but really was more of like, a, you know, ISO kind of dribble uh, god rather than, uh, you know, really a, a team player, which I think we all thought would be the meta in 2k league 3v3 but as we saw like teams like the wizards who really don't have like an elite point guard were able to find success in in 3v3 and so it, it proved to play more like you know the 2k league has traditionally rather than uh you know playing like the stage meta so kind of you know a lot to unpack there but i'll turn it over to you because you always you're always full of insight you know what's your kind of analysis on the team what are our strengths our weaknesses where we went wrong you know how things might turn around here as we still head into the ticket um what are your thoughts so going in right, right now we're suffering through growing pains like coming in we wanted to bring in like obviously santa we want to bring in a high usage guard and then have him do majority of the scoring carried low, especially in free free but like you alluded to, the game, especially since season three, the point guard usage has been trending downward, especially this year. So it's a really team-oriented game. So then Fanta is like having like a tough time so far adjusting to that, but we're helping him. But he's closing out the season better. It started out well, and then the growing pains really came in between. So how we're adjusting now is he's carrying a little better. He's changing the style of play, and then the success is coming lately the momentum is picking up but i was it's a struggle right now it's we have growing pains adjusting to the heavy his old heavy user style to more of a team game that's where the struggling is coming from but we're helping him he's growing though and he's very young so bringing in a young guard like that that's also what we're seeing and he's, he has close to little to well, he has no league experience coming in so I, yeah, it's gotta be like it's got to be something like a uh, like an investment, right? Like it's not like 
not necessarily instant gratification, but something you guys think you can keep correcting and work towards it. And just like, I mean, even as you say right now, you know, kind of turn things around, propel yourself well into the ticket and even like, you know, a season, season beyond that. Right. Like it's not just like instant, but you know, but our team makeup is interesting. We have four veterans surrounding like a true rookie. So hopefully the defense is going to be solid because of the veterans, but we're going to need better, more development and then just quicker adjustments. Hopefully for Fanda, and then hopefully the close of the season. John, we've been heading in that direction, so that part I'm glad yeah. that we're trending upwards. And that, and that was the plan, right? Coming in, we had, um, you know, we had Kenny and Type uh, and Dimes, and you know, so we knew we had two guys who have played point guard in the league. Dimes, you know, drafted first overall in the first ever draft. You know, really, you know, was a, a point guard in the beginning of his career. Tried a couple different positions, moved to shooting guard, etc., uh, with different lineups uh, down in Dallas. Um, but we had a bunch of point guards and we also had a really high pick and it was kind of like, you know, we were right on the fringe of being just because so many teams needed point guards this year. We were just outside of the territory of getting kind of those, you know, unanimous, you know, top high potential point guards. And so we had to look for someone who probably had, you know, some strengths as well as some some weaknesses or some areas that we would need to develop. And the whole thought was, uh, you know, if we could get dimes to play center, given his, you know, ability to kind of see the floor uh, and, you know, help, you know, floor general uh, on offense that, you know, a younger, less experienced, you know, maybe more ball dominant, you know, guard like Fanta could kind of thrive, you know, under those conditions. And then we also knew that, you know, if we used our picks the way that it looked like we were going to, we would be drafting well outside of the kind of elite lock territory. And so, you know, again, expectations were super high with a guy like Kenny. Kenny feels like a natural two guard for us with a guy like Fanta, who, as you alluded to, we felt could come in and, and you know, score the ball at a, at a fast clip and then, you know, type in dimes in the front court. I mean, dimes was sort of showing us that he could very quickly pick up center, you know, in the retail side of the game. And. Uh, you know, types, you know, experience and abilities kind of speak for itself. We didn't want to have a weakness at lock. And, and so we ended up trading up with the Lakers uh, to get Saint. Uh, and I know, you know, Saint is is if one of, if not the, the most skilled guys, you know, on the roster right now. So it was, it felt good. I don't know, I'm sure you feel the same way. It felt good to beat the Lakers in that game recently to kind of, you know, show that, you know, that, that trade was, um, you know, a, a good trade for us to make. Um, but it's just unfortunate the way things shake out. And, and I wonder, you know, had that first 5v5 tournament not ended in a best of one in Indy like it had, you know, might the team have had a little bit more momentum? Because as you said, we started off really well. Like we got into that first tournament. I think everyone was riding a, a high heading into Indy. I, I don't know why you would ever have a land tournament with a best of one opening round, but but they did. And yeah, uh, it was a absolutely. kind of a back and forth game. And, you know, then we were out and it just felt like we it really kind of clipped our wings. And, you know, again, it's unfortunate it didn't work out with dimes because I think if we had been able to figure out the off-court stuff, you know, in-game, there was just a lot of skill on that team. Uh, and I really, you know, had confidence that, you know, the Fanta could have thrived, you know, under that environment. But obviously, you know, it's like putting a puzzle together. And, and sometimes the, you know, the out-of-game dynamics, you know, come into play and kind of affect the, the in-game dynamics. Anyway, not much of a question there for you, more of my own observations, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that. And, you know, might things have gone differently had we had a best of three and, and actually gotten a little deeper into that first tournament? And after that tournament, the, probably the most clear sign of our growing pains is we lost five games that was one to two possessions. A couple of the games we lost by two points and one point. 
I remember that's that too. Like, I remember that too. I remember yeah, coming into the tough. calls being like, guys, remember the margins by which we're losing. Like these are coin tosses it's and so the coin good. tosses, the 50 fifties just keep coming up, you know, on the wrong flip for us. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate. We lost five 50, 50 games, but that's part of the growing pain. And some of that was self-induced is some management and management call management and the decision-making that's the going pain part so so i know they they pay you to say yes but uh what do you think our chances are in these uh ticket and then what the 3v3 is called the steel the steel and the ticket is that what it is this year yeah the 3v3 one is called steel and then the regular one 5v5 is still called the ticket uh they pay me to say yes but i do like our chances in both <laughs> because <laughs> We've been winning on, like, 5v5, we closed out playing one of the top teams in the East, like a top three team in the East. And that was literally, once again, we lost by one to two possessions. It was literally a one possession game of 32 seconds to go. And then there was a loose ball. We didn't get it. They got it. So trending in, going in the direction there. Uh, Fever Free, we're really picking up momentum. Santa, last two games especially, scored, like, close to 90 points. He's really picking up. The new system has been working for him. So the momentum is good. So heading into both, we're confident. And it does feel like the defense has always been there all year long. And now the offense is kind of catching up. So that's it. Because our defense has been solid all year. And then with the offense catching up, I like our chances. And we do play. We beat a lot of the top teams. Like Heat, Sixers, top playoff teams in the East. We're able to beat them. We lose the close games to the non-playoff teams. So we're playing non-playoff teams, obviously, in the ticket. And we already lost close game before. So statistically, we shouldn't lose twice. <laughs> so I like the odds on there, too. There's no way we keep losing these close games to non-playoff teams. We beat the playoff teams. We lose close games to non-playoff teams. So I like it there, too. I like the odds on that end. And, and I saw I the like bracket. I the odds. Go ahead, Phil. That, I've, been sure. I've been hogging um, on the airwaves here. No, just to, to interject real quick. I mean, we're talking about playing the odds. I want you guys to get active with the odds on this promo code for this. Uh, for those of you listening right now, you can send a Twitter DM to at Raptors GC with the phrase Uber Eats Coach Sam. First three people to do this will receive a $25 Uber Eats gift card, and you can go ahead and use that for a nice meal during the next Raptors Uprising match. It's open to Canadian listeners only, so for my friends in the Great White North, there you go. There you go. Raptors Uprising and our partners always blessing our audience with lots of uh, perks and gifts and stuff like that. It's always a fun part of doing the job here. Um, Sam, I saw the bracket for the, the steal. Our first round opponent is Gen G, right? We just beat them in our 3v3 game, did we not? Yes, we did. We beat them 3-1 to one and it was, a, it was a good series. It was good for us. And then so we'll be playing them again. And then after that, we'll be likely playing another team that probably be it'll be Hornets and another team like the Nets and the Heat are in the other bracket so those teams we have previously lost very close games to but they're on the bracket above us so, it's, so we would I would only say play the them in the finals got, right and only one of them not both right 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 yeah Good. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I'll be tuning in. I mean, nothing would be more satisfying than uh, a Cinderella story. We've done it before here at Raptors Uprising. We did it in season one. We came from the basement. We figured it Never out. Forget. We went into the playoffs. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the 2K League best of one <laughs> tournaments, I think, that, I think the only two times they've had best of one in the tournament was that first round of the playoffs in season one. And then, you know, the tournaments here this year uh, in Indy and they got us both times. So uh, I think we're due. If we if if the guys make it to Indy, even if I have to pay my own way, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna come root them on for sure. 
I like that, Shane. That's right. That that's the kind of instilled confidence that players need. Like, yeah, your boy's coming <laughs> through no matter what. That's a W. Yeah, Love I'll it. see if maybe I can get my yeah, guy Bobo over in, there. Both will be in person too. So both the ticket and the steal will both be at Indy. So that should favor us also. We're a pretty good energetic team. So I like our chances in like a face to face scenario. Yeah, well, we just had that right at the at the Bell uh, Gaming Center. We had right. uh, supporters night, Tangerine supporters night, and there was like 50 people came in uh, to you know be a part of a live game experience. And I saw Saint tweet that you know that was his you know most fun. I don't know if it was regular season or ever uh, game experience uh, because of the fans being you know in the facility with them. And yeah, I mean, we, again, going back to that strategy as we were scheming in the off season, you know, having all these guys with experience around Fanta, you know, we really felt like our guys would would come to life uh you know on stage and with fanta he's used to playing for a huge audience because he's got his own stream and so you know he's he he came up playing 2k for uh, yep. a live stream audience and so you know I, I think very little concern that you know he would buckle under under that pressure um so that'd be amazing man what a what a great turnaround that would be for you and kev i know how hard uh you all have been working this year on on trying to get the team right and like you said when you lose those close 50 50 games you know it, it really hurts i remember what that was like in season one when we just kept losing games and we were slipping you know deeper and deeper in the standings and you know how good it felt when we turned things around i would say the turnaround actually felt better than the perfect season because the perfect season we were just riding such a high yeah. and then and then the losing in the semifinals you know and not getting a ring hurt so bad um i would say that probably the best experience i had was that that cinderella run in uh, in season one it's always the turnaround season that feel great like previously i had that with the bucks experience too those are always two of the best but like you talk about the event that happened previously that was great that felt like a legit home court advantage because when you play these games you know you might be at home but it's like a virtual home court right it doesn't really do anything for you but like when we had all the fans coming in that day in that Lakers series like I felt the energy and it just it felt like the guys also picked it up like adversity didn't seem like it's bad because there's so much support like the home court advantage is there so that was really cool I hope we can do that more often yeah, likewise. I mean, again, I'm on the morning sinks with the guys and I know they're planning to uh, get some more watch parties going at the facility. So it's awesome that we're outside of like the confines of a residential neighborhood. You know, the Bell Five House, as we've talked about in the past, was amazing. But now that we're in, you know, more of a, a centrally located facility in Toronto, right on the X grounds there, it, it just creates so much more opportunity. And also we're coming through, you know, the tail end of the pandemic here and able to open our doors to more people. It, it's really awesome. Yeah, and the facility is so nice. So you have that perfect section where the players are playing and then the fans can like have their own section. It's just laid out so perfectly. Like I feel the energy. It was I, need so to, crazy. I need to see this, man. I need to I just I just see what I see on video in an in person return, man. You got to see the uh, the before photos. It was just like a bunch of cubicles in that space. And, uh, you know, not to take too much credit, but I, there were like three or four different places that they had sort of lined up for us to look at one day. And I walked into that spot and I was like, I don't need to see anything else. This is perfect. I see exactly how we're going to really? lay this room out, kind of pointed it out to my boss. We went around and checked out the other spots, but every the whole time I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, that first spot, if we can do what we wanted to do. And believe me, there was a lot of renovations. Like it used to have this really nasty drop tile ceiling and we kind of poked our heads up and there were these really cool exposed beams but when i tell you like thousands of wires like just like a nest of wires all running through the drop tile ceiling we had to pull all that out clean it all up obviously everything got completely refinished and and whatnot so it was a big undertaking and the team was doing that literally like in the two months leading into the season so uh, it was a bit of a last minute project 
Sam, we always look for hot takes here. And uh, so I think, you know, uh, if I'm looking at the notes that uh, Johnny put together, shout out Johnny, always working hard behind the scenes for Raptors Uprising. I think there's a bunch Howdy. of good questions here that might turn into uh, good clips for social, which is ultimately what this podcast is. I mean, shout out to everyone who listens to the full length versions. Uh, but, you know, truly what we're looking for here is, is little sound bites for social. So let's put you on the spot, Sam. You know, don't hold anything back. Even though you're an employee of Raptors Uprising, the spicier, the better. I'll ask the first one. Uh, Phil, you can get to the, the next one. Uh, who, and be honest, doesn't have to be a Raptors Uprising player. Who is your favorite player that you've ever coached and why? Oh, that is a good one. Hmm. There's been a few. I would say first one that comes right off right off the top of my head. It's it's type. Because with type, type. it's interesting. Because I've only been with type obviously for this season. But previously I've only heard about type from, you know, outside the league. And type, he would tell you himself he has some he had a really good run with the Golden State Warriors and he got to Hornets and then there were some issues and then he was went to the Raptors and then I get to experience Raptors type, you know, firsthand. So with type is hearsay and then also my personal experience. And it, it, it does feel like he has really grown a lot as a professional and as a person and his skills it has always been up there. So for me, it's, it's great to see a player like that because he really just, he grew throughout the seasons. Like he became, he went from like a player that Cause some problems to now who is a true professional. And I just really enjoy spending time with him. It's just nice to see what he has become. And then also the reclamation project that the Raptors done previously with him and how that, you know, changed him personally too. Like he's good at the game and he's also become a better person. So being able to coach someone and work with someone like that, it's been a very rewarding experience to me. So type. Yeah, I'm going to co-sign that. Um, we wow. we picked up type uh you know when, uh, the season that he had been suspended you know he had his transgressions yep. with the hornets um but he was like the quote you know best defensive center in the league and you know maybe overplayed our hand a little bit like uh timely cook and, and jerry were sick one were having some issues and you know we had a perfect season but we lost in the semifinals so we were like is there room for improvement and um you know kind of thought well and and, and you know timely was a, a big fan of type and so started having some conversations with them and I, and i thought you know what we have a lot of veteran you know leaders on the team i was confident if we brought him in here we'd run a tight enough ship that you know we could probably avoid some of the issues uh, that got him suspended and um you know he came in and, and man like we had our issues like there were you know there were shouting matches uh that early on between you know he and i on calls and you know those calls you know started off really hot and you know 90 minutes in i was giving him life advice and you know then i'd see him you know a week later tweeting some of the insights and you know that that i had shared with him and he really took it seriously you know i talked to him about you know practicing meditation and he'd hit me up saying he had you know he had taken that on and I agree with you, man. He is he is a a person who is you know looking uh, for guidance and uh, takes it really seriously. I, I've you know tried to instill wisdom. You know you know not that I I am the you know judge and jury on on you know what wisdom is, but just from my own life experience. And it's you know often in one ear out the other. And with type, you could really see that he was absorbing it. And you know so glad to hear that. You know even after I've left, you know the the leadership team still feels that way about him. Um, and, you know, especially through such a stressful season as the one that we're having now, right, where nobody's making prize money. I mean, that can really weigh on on the guys. And, uh, yeah, shout out type. Just a, a great dude who I think, you know, isn't deserving of, of uh, some of the reputation that he has. And hopefully others around the league listen, you know, to this and, and recognize that, uh, you know, he, he really is reformed. And, you know, I, I hope he stays a member of Raptors Uprising for a long time to come. But if, but if he doesn't, you know, no one out there should be concerned about who he is as a person or, or a teammate outside of the game because he's, he's really grown a lot.
Yeah, man, it's been a couple awesome years, but definitely Tight study. was. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a, he was definitely a homie, man. A lot of good vibes with Tight. Uh, let me sneak let me sneak a question in there too. Uh, Sam, what's the the wildest game that you feel like you've been a part of in your coaching endeavors? Like, regardless of it's the Bucks or the Raptors, what's the wildest game you think you've you've taken part in? If I look at a couple of the ones this year, obviously with the Raptors, but if we look at the whole spectrum, probably the wildest game was it was a Bucks season free game where I think Reg had 50 points and like 20 something assists, and then A Rooks also had 50 points, and then Plondo had a triple double. That was probably the wildest game I've, I've ever seen. And I want yeah, to remember that coaching, but it was it was it was just it made no like a rook set the all-time record for freeze in that game he made 17 and then they were yeah. the first backcourt ever to score 100 points combined it just everything all happened in one game in like a 24 minute span it was just too much they would it was just way too much offense it didn't feel like it was real that was probably the craziest game when your backcourt scores 50 100 combined and then your center is a triple double that was just, was that, that season was three was that with the season we had our perfect yeah, season Yes, yes, Reg rookie season, season three. Yeah, yeah I remember that stretch because we were setting scoring wow. records, and then Mama set like a scoring yeah, record, you guys, and then yeah. you guys set a scoring record. It was like the offense Back was just going forth, crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think season three to this day was like where the point guard scored the most compared to all the seasons. That that was the year where like if you have a Definitely. point guard that can score, it would just do all of the work. But ever since that, the game has been changing. It's more team based now. But yeah, that would be the craziest game. It's just too much happening all at once. Yeah, that, that's wild. All right, ping pong back to me. Sam, give us an honest take here. Uh, even if the league is listening, if you could change something about the NBA 2K League, what would you change? I would help. I would definitely push the league to grow the, their YouTube channel more because right now the they post majority of the content during the season, which would be like march to august which is like the lowest viewership season in 2k but the highest is mm -hmm. currently late august all the way to december and the league don't post any videos during that time i mean like they post some but they don't post the more popular content which is like your build videos your tutorials and there's a whole the league has a whole player base right i would like to see the league you know get someone to help the players make the videos and have a direction where it's like, hey, maybe we can take the top point guard, shooting guard, block, power forward, center of the league. And then have each of them just cover build videos, shooting videos, and then go from there. Help those guys, you know, get into the community, make people recognize, oh, these are the top guys playing that position. And then from there, transition into the season starting. So the players, so the viewers get help from our professional players. And at the same time, they want to see them compete against each other. I would say, that's sitting right there for the league. They just got to get someone and then get the players together and then start cranking out content from September to December. Should Whoever be could that like someone be, videos. Whoever could that <laughs> someone be? be. I'm, I'm doing that for a rap. So it, can't, it can't be me. <laughs> well, BD, Matt Arden, if you want to get into a bidding war, Sam Pham has officially uh, given you a good idea and he may be the man for the job. Um, Phil, back to you. One note I want to make, like, one note I want to make to that question because the biggest thing, like, I know I bring up Agent a lot, but like, Agent started out just, you know, making build videos, but he has grown to a point where, like, it's a real social influence. The same thing with Duke and all the, and all the other guys. The league can do that. We have the players with the skills. They just need the platform and they need the content. So we got to get them together and make all the content on the 2K League channel, which already, you know, it's got like, I think 80,000 subscribers. So it's got to be growing that, especially during September.
Yeah, I'm surprised Bear hasn't blown up more. Like like you said, he, he he's doing one of the better jobs from my POV of creating content. Not that I watch all the videos, but I see the promo, I see the thumbnails, you know, and I know his personality. Like uh, back in season two, when he debuted, I remember one of my colleagues at that point being like, man, he is like a heel in, in wrestling, in WWE. And it's like he does these live takes and he never misses a beat. And you think he's he's speaking at such a fast clip and he's just so creative in the things that he's saying. You you figure he's gonna get tongue-tied at some point and he's gonna mess up and he just never did. Like he has the personality, he has the in-game success. I'm surprised he hasn't blown up more than than he has already. And I'm you know reasonably confident that there's a path for him to do so uh, if he just had the right kind of support around him. Right, the formula at the end of the day for 2K has it's always been a group. So like the two hype guys, that's a group of five. AMP guys, that's also a big group. Even from the tutorial and like us from 2K Labs, we're still a group. It's just, it's too much to do alone. And when you do all of the work alone, you kind of miss out on the quality. Just, that's just how it is because you're doing so much. Like if Bear has a group around him, you can lighten the load more, lighten the load a little bit more so his personality can shine for more. Which That's interesting is, take. Which is the biggest part. Yeah, like get like Mama, Bear, like some of the bigger uh, personalities right. from 2K League history to kind of form a collective. Yeah, there you go. Bear, Mama, if you happen to be listening to this, maybe we'll clip this and put it on Twitter <laughs> and it'll have more likely a uh, better chance of getting to you. My idea. Uh, there's a thought. Sam Pham's going to be your CEO. I'd like to see that. Let them that. know they can't do it without me because I can do all the editing and all the content <laughs> direction. There you go, guys. And all Sam wants is equity. Big brain play, big brain play. Let me let me hit you with one last one. I know we talk a lot of 2K here, obviously, but are there any other like sports or esports you're into aside from 2K? Shameless self promotion books. I actually really like playing RPGs, <laughs> so I don't post a lot of content on my. Oh, I mean 2K content on my channel anymore, but I post all of my RPG content on my channel. I like doing player builds. I like studying gameplay mechanics. So esports, I'm all 2K because you know that's my job. So I can't really look yep. at all other ones, but on the side. Other games I like playing, I would like to play your, you know, your usual RPGs, like your with your Ghost of Tsushima. I like to do massive gameplay mechanics and then also just how to create, you know, OP builds on those, which translates well into some of my 2K stuff. So RPGs, I'm like cyberpunk and all that. Those games I'm big on. Shout out, check out Sam's uh, RPG YouTube. And, oh, I don't know if you guys heard that on your end, but that's my doorbell. You know what that means. My chicken salad has arrived. Food. One sec. This guy beats me every time. California. Every time. It's amazing how it happens. Oh, look at that. Uber Eats always coming through with the delicious food. Shout out Uber Eats again for sponsoring the podcast. Sam, it's been awesome to catch up with you, man. It's been too long since we had a, a long conversation. And in this case, we get to do it in a bit more of a, a public forum. But I learned a couple new things today. Uh, hopefully the audience did as well. And we got some spicy takes. Phil, I'll throw to you to do the professional host outro because that's what you do much better than I. <laughs> No, you're perfectly fine, Shane. Obviously, ordering food is easier for you. Uber Eats definitely favoring you. But I know mine's on the way, so we're definitely going to go ahead and get all out of here. Sam Fam, thank you so much for joining us, my guy. Appreciate your insight. Um, and we obviously have a lot of things to look forward to in the future. And best of luck to you and the rest of the Raptors Uprising squad in getting the job done in the ticket and uh, other future ventures for the season. From uh, myself, Shane, you already know everyone here in the Raptors uh, facility, Uber Eats, all that good stuff. Thank you for watching episode number eight and we'll catch you on the next one.